welcome, welcome to ABC Gotham, your New York City amateur history podcast. We bring you funny, weird, unusual items of New York City history that you probably don't know. We hope you don't know, so it's somewhat educational. And we bring you it in alphabetical order, one topic for every letter of the alphabet. My name is Kathleen, hosting the show, and with me is Kate. Hello. What are we doing tonight, Kate? What's our topic? Well, we're all the way up to letter W. Letter W. And this is going to be a little bit of a micro episode because next week we're really going to hit you probably with a longer podcast in the next two yeah, weeks. Yeah, the I mean. next one's going to be a going to going to be a biggie. The next I know two. people yeah. are going to think we don't have an X, but we definitely do. It's a good one. So, but this week we're going to be talking about Weeksville. What is Weeksville, Kate? Uh, it was actually uh, an entirely uh, a village, uh, African American village, uh, from the 19th century into the early 20th century, completely self-sufficient. And uh, the best part of the story, well, not the best, but one part of the story is that it was lost and then found, mm-hmm. which I, I find it. I, I until I really researched this, I didn't understand how a village could be lost in New York City and then found again, but uh, we'll go yeah, into yeah, a bit of that later. It's really interesting how they how they do that. So before we start the show, at the top of the show, I just want to say we will be hopping back and forth between saying African American or Black. Basically, we're just going to follow the lead of the sources that we were reading. So Weeksville, uh, currently, Kathleen, is what's remaining is in Crown Heights here in Brooklyn. And I, I know I can hear it now that, yes, we're giving a little more love to Brooklyn again this week. As we said, <laughs> the next time around the alphabet, we promise to give a little more attention to other boroughs. To the other boroughs. But Weeksville is so cool and so esoteric that there was no way we could not talk about this and we want you our listeners to hear about it so it happens to be in brooklyn this week again so kathleen do you know where the borders of uh current day weeksville would be let's see um they talk about buffalo and rochester street yeah those were the old names do you know the current names so current day, where Weeksville would be in the Crown Heights neighborhood, which of course we covered in our riots episode, just a bit of the neighborhood, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weeksville would have been where, to the north, um, Fulton Street, you also would have had East New York Avenue, Ralph and Troy Avenue would have been the current day borders of where Weeksville was mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. Uh, in the 19th century. Yes, yes. There is a an old article in New York Age that said uh, James Weeks owned a handsome dwelling at Schenectady and Atlantic Avenues. Who's James Weeks, Kate? So, so James Weeks is the man who kind of founded Weeksville, or and it was named after him. Um, he was probably yeah. he was one of the first to buy property in the area. He actually started, he was a stevedore, which I, I like that name a lot. Um, I love that word. It means dock worker. I right, or out. longshoreman, right. So he's originally from Virginia. He's from Virginia, yeah, just like Kate. Yeah, I know, just like me. I wonder if we're from the same area. Um, he actually brought it, brought the property from another um, 
African American uh, Henry Thompson. The mm. grounds originally were part of uh, the Lefferts family owned it. Which, if you go around Brooklyn, there's a lot and Queens. There's a lot of things named Lefferts, so they were just a big family in Lefferts the area. Huge. Yep, yep. Um, what's That's amazing right. about this, about uh, James Weeks owning this property, is he actually bought this whole, you know, his land um, only 11 years after the abolition of slavery in New York State. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is really, really interesting. He bought all this land, and and Weeksville became this safe haven for Southern blacks fleeing slavery, uh, free Northern blacks who are fleeing racial hatred and violence. This includes the Civil War draft riots, which all of our listeners probably know about from our riots episode. When they fled Lower Manhattan, the blacks fled to Weeksville, which was kind of a suburban enclave at that point. It wasn't really a neighborhood in huge, bustling Brooklyn. It was outside of, you know, the main part of the city. Right. And, uh... Uh, by 1850, it became the second largest known independent black community in uh, in pre-Civil War America. Right. There's over 500 residents at the time, residents from everywhere, the South, the North, as you said. Um, you also had a few people living in Weeksville who were actually from Africa. So pretty amazing, diverse area to live in at the time. When you say 500 residents, I'm going to interrupt you because I found a couple of different numbers in a couple of different places. I, I saw 500 residents. I saw 500 families. And at one point... Uh, I see a, a source that says at its height, Weeksville was home to over 700 families. So the numbers aren't super clear. We don't really know, you know, the maximum size. Yeah, I'm just saying over 500 residents because all of those are more than 500 residents. This is true. <laughs> That's what my research has. Of all of those options, at the very least, we can say there were at least 500 residents. At least 500 yeah. residents. That's a, That's a lot of people. Damn right. I think one of the coolest thing about Weeksville, I think the very coolest thing was 19th century Weeksville had a higher rate of African-American property ownership than 15 other U.S. cities. So nearly a third of the men over 21 owned land, and here's why it's important. At the time, black men could not become citizens or vote without owning at least $250 worth of property. You had to have property if you right. wanted to be a citizen and vote. I forgot that that used to be a requirement for voting. But I think a lot of the idea behind Weeksville, not only having a safe community of their own, was you got to be able to own land and we're going to make it possible for other African-Americans to own land. Yeah, pretty amazing. So you have this entire community which can vote and it can vote in a block. Exactly. So exactly. pretty amazing. The... Uh, town, the village had its own had its own churches, two churches, mm -hmm. had its own mm -hmm. school, which is the present day PS two forty three uh, mm -hmm. cemetery. Uh, I saw lots of um, every time I read it, it said it had uh, an old age home, which yeah, an I old really age home. <laughs> like it being called an old age home, essentially a retirement home. Yes. Uh, also, one of the first um, African American newspapers, the Freedmen's mm -hmm. Torchlight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which is pretty amazing. And and the, that was how they were able, they used some of these newspapers, which are still around, to mm -hmm. eventually prove the existence of Weeksville as well as find uh, it. It was one of the things that helped. 
Uh, it's also home to, in the 1860s, it's home to the African Civilization Society, the Howard hmm. Orphan Asylum. And as you said, in 1863, during the draft rides, it was a refuge for blacks fleeing Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And the people who lived there, the families were headed by ministers, doctors, carpenters, milkmen, tailors, seamstresses, wagon drivers, and school teachers and other self-reliant citizens. That's what it says. And this is cool. At its height, Weeksville had its own baseball team, and they were called the Weeksville Unknowns. Ooh, I like that. Isn't that a hilarious name? That's the awesome. The Weeksville Unknowns. Unknowns. And their first documented game was 1858. Well, some other pretty prominent people who lived in Weeksville, you have the first black female physician, Susan Smith, McKinney Stewart, uh, living in Wicksville. The first one in New York State, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. The first uh, black female physician in New York State, uh, which is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Uh, Very amazing. Her, her husband was a minister. Um, you also have one of the first African-American police officers in mm -hmm. New York City, in the, what <coughs> is currently the New York City area. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Moses P. Cobb. Uh, what's his name? You also have Alfred Cornish, uh, who was a member of the 54th Regiment, which, uh, if you know your history, they made a movie Glory based on this regiment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and, of course, the, um, to harken back to another podcast, it was a stop on the Underground Railroad. So, uh huh. Uh huh. That makes pretty sense. Pretty historically important area. Uh huh. And it just covered seven blocks. It wasn't huge, but. Mm -mm. You know, it was it was where African Americans could go and be entrepreneurs. They could do their political work. They they were able to flourish intellectually. It was it was the only place, in fact. And its residents participated in every major national effort against slavery, of course, for equal rights for free people of color, uh, including the Black Convention movement, voting rights campaigns, and like Kate said, the Underground Railroad. Yeah. Okay, so the with the completion of the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, the city really starts to expand, and especially Brooklyn really starts to expand. And the neighborhood kind of gets swallowed up by Crown Heights, just with people moving in, more buildings being built around um, Weeksville. It just really disappears over time. It's something that people talk about, um, but eventually it's even forgotten that this mm -hmm. thriving African-American community town uh, even existed. Yeah, a lot of the houses were torn down by the city right. to make way for public housing. Right, so in 1968, my alma mater, uh, Pratt Institute, there is a professor there who's leading a workshop, um, his name's James Hurley, on Brooklyn mm -hmm. and New York City neighborhoods. And mm -hmm. kind of their histories. and I would love to have taken that class. That I sounds know. like a great class. I, I, they don't offer that class now. But no. <laughs> uh, it would have been amazing. So this is 1968 in Brooklyn. Um, mm. He's trying to look into the histories of neighborhoods. And, you know, what was there before? Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in taking the class with him was... Uh, a man named Joseph Hayes. Do you Haines. have him? What is his last name? Haynes. H-A-I-N-E-S. Sorry, I can't read my own writing. Uh, they consulted lots of old maps of the city, 
And we're kind of starting to find evidence of Weeksville using, like I said, these old newspapers, uh, old maps. They looked at property deeds. They looked at tax documents. Right, right. So amazingly enough, Joseph Haynes is can fly like he has a pilot's license i actually really want people to watch there's uh we're going to post a link to um 13.org uh the city concealed has a little like five or six minute snippet on weeksville and they talk Mm -hmm. a bit about how um it's amazing that a man in 1968 an african-american man in 1968 had a pilot's license and was able to charter a small plane so that they could fly over brooklyn they felt from an air with an aerial view, it would be easier to find this lost village. And did they? And they did. They did. <laughs> Which, when I um, if you watch this video, it makes a little more sense. I'm not sure I'm going to explain this well enough, but uh-huh. I just thought these houses are there. Can't they just walk around and find these houses? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, or. or... Yeah, but... Don't they know uh, roughly the area, what it was? But I guess they got... I mean, the roads were gone, the structures were gone, and so they went for this flight. This is a super cruel part. So they they flew up, and they were looking for architectural evidence. They discovered four houses that were not aligned with the street. Yeah, and they're not even facing the street. (laughs) They're like in a backyard. It's so smart. This suggested to Mr. Hurley that the house's construction predated the modern street grid. They were run-down wooden cottages. They are tucked away on uh, what appeared to be a trace of a road, Hunter Fly Road. The road itself, this is super cool, had been a trade path used by Indians. Native Americans? Yes. Native Americans. And after they discovered this, they learned that the city was planning to tear down those houses. What happened then, Kate? Well, they're in such amazing bad shape. They're, imagine yeah. these oh, just God. derelict houses sitting. I mean, I can even see it now. I, I think of a few houses in my neighborhood that when I first moved here were yeah. really falling apart. And they were, yeah. they're about from the same time frame, these old wood frame houses, incredibly beautiful, but just not maintained. And you know, why would they be? Like, who owned them? They're right. not facing a street. There's, uh, like, I think there's a baseball field on one side, a field on one uh-huh. side. And then, um, really, they're just kind of surrounded by these brick houses that are apartment buildings. And even when they were, when they were initially built, uh, I, I read this old New York Times article that talks about how the houses have no distinct architectural style. They were built by laborers and farmers who had no real formal training in design or construction. So they've got like heavy corner posts. They've got some elements of colonial post and beam construction, but a lot of components resemble just a frame house style that evolved around the turn of the century. Uh, So when it's, you know, when they were looking at them and trying to figure out how on earth are we going to restore these houses, they knew that when it was done, they were all going to be just, standard kind of box-like framed structures and and nothing fancy but but the fact that they lasted that long is amazing right they're just they're essentially workers houses you know they Mm -hmm. were built because somebody needed somewhere to live and at the time you couldn't just run out and hire an architect to design your house (laughs) you just built a house that you needed and you built it you know for rooms that you needed without really thinking about 
I don't know, form as much more for function. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I have the, uh, the houses. So these houses, as they're, as Kathleen said, were on an old road called Hunterfly Road. So now they're known as, there are four houses left. They're known as the Hunterfly Road houses. And they, mm-hmm. you can go visit them now. They are yes, there. They've can. been restored for the most part. Uh, they're on the National Register of Historic Places. So they're something that will be, constantly maintained as long mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the sequester they're, doesn't they're take here forever away. i believe i believe it's actually three houses i think since they discovered them one burned down oh right yeah you're right there are three yeah. houses now um mm-hmm. there is a uh visitor center out there you can go check that out um they'll give you mm-hmm. tours they're very happy to speak to you i really recommend going out there especially if you live in Brooklyn, it's really not that hard to get to. They're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're pretty. It's just pretty amazing to come around the corner and see these nineteenth-century houses just pop up in the middle of Crown Heights. Exactly. And when people were restoring them uh, and and talking about that work involved, they were comparing it, comparing Weeksville as a historical symbol to Williamsburg, which is the restored colonial village in Virginia. A lot of Virginia right. in tonight's podcast. I know. And the restoration director of the group who was who was restoring this says Williamsburg represents the founding spirit of the fledgling America. And we believe that Weeksville has the same spirit and can do the same thing in the New York metropolitan area. It's like an inner city Williamsburg. It, the same sense of defiance and self-reliance and self-esteem and self-confidence is there. And that's what, you know, if and when you go to visit these houses, which, like Kate, I strongly recommend, that it, that's what it's going to be like. Is you, you can see what it was like for an entire community to just bootstrap it, to just pull themselves up and, and establish this community. It's really amazing. So it was shortly after Jim Hurley's flight that they started doing archaeological digs. They were doing excavations of the area and found a ton of artifacts. So this whole place had been largely forgotten, but then it's starting to resurface. Now they have artifacts from over 50 years of these excavations. And the objects had just been in storage for decades. They they dug them up in the 60s, and it is only now that we've got the Weeksville Heritage Center, which is the three restored houses. And they're opening a new $30 million extension in the middle of 2013. So that building is not only going to have the artifacts that have been found, but also there will be space for more arts and educational offerings. The quote here, this was a history that was lost. And part of our mission is to make sure that doesn't happen again. And that was Jennifer Scott. She's the research director at the Weeksville Heritage Center. So uh, I do have to give a shout out to the late Joan Maynard, who was really fundamental in establishing the Weeksville Heritage Center and helping to make sure that the the restoration of the homes and the establishment of these homes as the National Historic Register uh, she was just tireless. She was uh, the driving force behind that. So I uh, highly recommend visiting this. Um, they had a, a very big Black History Month celebration last month. They have summer workshops, and it sounds like a really great community center. Yeah, I can't wait for the new space to open. We'll have to go back out there then. Definitely. 
Definitely. Well, that's it for our micro-episode on Weeksville. We hope you've mm. enjoyed it and learned something new and that it gets you to get out there and explore all the some of the lesser-known historical places within our, our wonderful city. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll look forward to episode X, which will be coming up very soon. Yes, yes. Stay tuned for episode X. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Talk to you next time, folks. Bye. For more ABC Gotham, go to our website, abcgotham.podbean.com. Special thanks to Podcasting's Brock. Music for ABC Gotham is by Big Rude Jake. ABC Gotham is a K2 production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. A favorite song, I wish you could be here with me on this night in New York City. I wish you could be here with me on this night in New York City. So, but this week, we're going to be talking about Weeksville. Mm-hmm. And get rid of that snorting noise in the... <laughs> I like the snorting noise. Snorting I might noise. just keep it. Okay. Mm. So, Weeksville... What is Weeksville, Kate?